0: So we're starting a series, What's in a Name? And uh, if you were watching the news this week, there's a name that came up, Catherine, Kathleen Demlow Shunk. Anybody know that name? It just doesn't pop out. Well, there's a town of about 2,000 are buzzing with this news in a little place called Redwood Falls in western Minnesota. Is it helping get a little closer? And not only did it hit the news there, but in Minneapolis, New York, London, and now through social media, that name is buzzing around the world. The Star Tribune has the title Son Who Wrote Humiliating Obit About Mom, Kathleen Demlo Shunk. And he says we wanted to get the last word. He and his sister were hurt. His mother abandoned them as children, ran off with their dad's younger brother, went to California, started a whole new family. He even says at one point, my sister and I learned we had half-brothers, and they were having a great life in California while we sat here back in Minnesota. We didn't have so much as a card from her. He told the London newspaper. I remember she came home twice and on one occasion she was showing pictures of her and her kids playing cards and drinking beers and Gina and I were standing in the room just standing there and she didn't even acknowledge us. It's like we didn't exist. So he said he kind of wanted to get the last word and he, and he wrote, um, she passed away on May 31 2018 in Springfield and will now face judgment. She will not be missed by Gina and Jay and they understand that this world is a better place without her. So two rather nameless adult kids decided to get the last word and expose the bad name of their mom. So what's in a name? When you hear a name, what do you identify with it? What's it connected to? In centuries past, a person's name was Really important in the Bible. Names were very important. And even today, names carry importance to them. may not even be aware of it. Lots can change in cultures with regard to names, and lots can change over time. But there's three things. There's three things that I want you to think about with regard to the name, your name even. And the first is, they identify us. Kind of tells who we are. The second is going to be that they connect us. And the third thing I want to talk to you about is that they empower us. And you may not have thought about that, but names actually empower us. And so, what comes to mind, do you think, when your name is spoken? What comes to mind when your name is spoken in the Bible? the king of Israel, during its golden years, a man named Solomon, who had a significant name because when his name was mentioned, identified right away with it, was the fact that he was one of the wisest men of the world at that time and also one of the richest. And so when people in ancient time would talk about Solomon, they would know right away that this guy's a really bright guy. And so this really bright guy decided to collect a bunch of wise sayings and also included a number of his own. So if you look in the Bible, it'll say in Proverbs 22, verse 1, This very interesting verse that we can just read it up there. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Your name is really important. And he's saying, in a sense, it identifies you. Your good name and the sterling reputation attached to your name is better than striking it rich. In fact, your name, if it's good... Is like money in the bank. You know what I mean? It's like if you come to someone and you say, you can count on it, and they go, Who are you counting on? And they say so-and-so, and they go, that I can. That's that's like money in the bank. Deal done. But names, you may think about it, and there's all kinds of different names. They're they're really much more than just a bunch of letters grouped together. They're not just convenience so that when you call someone, you kind of can get their attention. Names are important because of how they identify you, how they define you. These are labels that we pack with content. You ever um, been in a conversation with some people and they're young and they're married and they tell you they're pregnant and then you go to that kind of place where you say, well, what are you going to name them? And they look at you like... You're crazy if we're going to tell you, right? Well, how about some names? Just give us a few names. And, and, and they start talking about names, and, and, you, and you say, well, how about the name Kevin, right? Because <laughs> I'm sure everyone's, you know. And they go, I knew Kevin. I knew him in high school. Are you kidding? He was a jerk. What a tool. <laughs> when obviously it's not the same Kevin, Right? But we identify people by their names. The name itself is just a label. And you may have no control sometimes over some of those things. If you look through the Bible, a lot of times they might name someone. Like Esau was named a hairy guy. And at another time, his name, Edom, was red. So you can kind of be named by a characteristic. of You had a friend in high school who we always named Ox because he kind of lumbered along when we played sports. And some of that stuff you can't really control, but Solomon says there's a part of your name that you have a lot of control over. He says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 1, and, and I like both these because Proverbs is 22.1, and here is Solomon again, a very smart guy, he's writing in a book, here's a book who, he, as he writes it, he's saying, here, I, I've learned a whole lot, I've, I've gone through a lot in life. Um, here are some things I want to tell you. Some things are really meaningless, some things are not. Here's something that is really important. And he says in chapter 7, verse 1, these words, A good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of death better than the day of birth. Which is an interesting conclusion to that. But he's basically, again, saying a good reputation attached to a name is more valuable than expensive perfume. And in the ancient world, they would use very rare oils and, and perfumes, sweet-smelling perfumes to cover up what would be a smell, because in that day, they lived in a very stinky world. You just couldn't go to the room in the house and take a shower and have all kinds of deodorants. But what they would use is some of these oils and these fragrances. And so what he's kind of saying is to cover up the smell for a short time, you might use some various ointments, but the problem with this is they don't last. Now let's look at this comparison. He says, if you compare these perfumes and oils, here's one thing is their value does not compare at all to a good name because a good name is much more valuable than any kind of perfume because a good name has lasting power. It just doesn't fade away. As you build into the content of who you are, you build into that person a, a, a name that is identified with it that a person goes, ah, oh, sometimes the aroma of that name precedes your showing up. I was in uh, a few years after college and it was in the early part of my ministry, and I got a phone call from a friend, and a friend said to me, You've got to turn on the TV, turn on the Today Show, and just in a, in a few moments or so, there's going to be an interview of someone that you know. And so this. Green, as I turn it on and I get it situated, here sat a girl in front of, of Katie Kirk. And I looked at her and I go, Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Her name was Day Hesch. Met her in college and had known her a little bit in college. Um, and she's telling the co host, as she's sitting on TV, She says, Yeah, my name's Susan Hesch. And I'm going, Susan Hesch? That's not her name. And, and then she goes on with the interview about a book that had become a bestseller that she wrote, was, and it was called Anonymous. Or, anonymity is actually the title of the book. And as she's talking to Katie, she's talking about her dysfunctional home life. And she says that when she got to college, she changed her name today. She wanted to redefine herself, she did not want to be identified, because names identify us with things, with the stuff of her past. You may have heard her sister's name. Her sister's name is Anne Hesch, who was a partner with Ellen DeGeneres at one time. She also wrote her own kind of autobiography of her past life, and her title was not anonymity, but it was Call Me Crazy. What I found is interesting, that both of their stories were talking about their past painful life. Day or Susan, whatever. She's actually gone and um, due Cancer has passed away. She shared that she spent many years running from her past. She didn't want her name and for many years wanted to be anonymous because of the past baggage. She just didn't want her bad name. She didn't want to be identified or defined by it. Can any of you relate to that? Ever have a name you want to get away from? Ever gone to a high school reunion? Maybe some things in your past? Not even things that you did? But things that created wounds that caused you to react and to do things which you're now responsible for? Ecclesiastes one ends very interesting. He says a good name is better than fine perfume. Solomon adds this kind of odd idea here. Listen to what he says. And the day of death better than the day of birth. And I, what, what do you got to ask? What Solomon are you are you saying here? He's saying basically, you have no control when you are born as to the name you're given, but you do have control over what that name will become. Peterson in the message says, your death date tells more than your birth date. That kind of cool. Your death date tells more than your birth date. Very little is known at the birth date. We saw those little pictures and we see a little bit more. But your death date tells more than your birth date. Why? Because there's still time. You're given, and even a name you may have earned through foolish choices or you have created through your own ignorance or you have, um do the response of things in your life where you've responded and reacted to the, the name that has been created or you've created. If you're still breathing, he's saying, you have an opportunity to allow God to change that name. God can redefine you. He can create a new name and begin to identify you immediately with a past that is of himself, with a future that will be bright with his love and his presence. It's important to know that this guy Paul... At one point, who was a killer of Christians and um, did everything he could to persecute the church has this dramatic experience where his life is completely changed and he is now this new person. And in this new person, he has this encounter with God. And he's talking now as he writes to a church in Corinth. So if you look at 2 Corinthians 5.17, there's a really neat thing he has to say. He says to these people in Corinth who all had some really bad names, he goes, at one time you were swindlers, you were cheats, you were sexually immoral, and he lists all these things. This is who you were. But things have changed. You have a new name. You have the name of Jesus placed upon you. And God looks at you like he looks at his son Jesus. And so at one point he says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 and 17, he says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. You have a new name in Jesus And Paul is is saying to this group, stop evaluating others by what the world thinks about them or what they may seem to be like on the outside. He says, kind of look into the inside. Look at maybe the name that God has for them. you ever called a person to, to step into who they are? So easy to judge. It's so easy to look and go, oh, I judge. And Paul is saying, you know what? At one point, that's the way I used to live. I just looked at people and I judged them and I I would go after them and I'd criticize them and I'd persecute them. And and he, he is basically saying, I once, I mistakenly thought of even Jesus Christ that way, merely as a human being like myself, but how differently I think about things now. When someone becomes a Christian, says Paul, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun God has given a new name. So that if you have an encounter with the living Jesus, everything changes. Jesus takes the name sinner and gives the name saint. That's just an amazing thing when you read through, especially if you read some of the older translations because the word is really the idea saint. Paul is constantly calling even the Corinthians, he's calling them saints. They didn't have to die and do two miracles to get the name. They were given the name the moment they had a life encounter with Jesus Christ. He takes the name stamped guilty, and he stamps justified, and he takes the name offender, and he gives the name forgiven. He takes the name slave and gives the name free. He takes names like troublemakers and gives them names peacemakers. He takes those who have been called anxious and afraid and fearful and he calls them bold confident and filled with peace that's your reality that's what God in Jesus calls you to that's the name he gives you whatever name you are running from whether through something you've done or through what's been done to you Jesus gives new names a whole new identity, a new label. Names connect us as well. They not only identify us and and define us, but they also connect us. In fact, they connect us in many ways. Here's a little test. I'm going to give you a couple names, okay? You tell me what age you think these folks are. Caden and Olivia. About what age? They're children. Travis and Zoe. Zoe. They're probably in their 20s and 30s. Get how the game's working here, okay? Mark and Michelle. probably right about 40s, very good. Michael and Mary. 50s and 60 years of age. Yeah, Frank and Edith. <laughs> See, can names connect us in all kinds of ways. They connect us by trends and by times. Names bind us by heritage, they connect us in ways that are geographic as well as by nationality. So how about O'Donnelly? What what land do you think that would be from? Well, very good. Bellini? Okay, just a little less there on that one. Not so confident. Come on. Hernandez? Probably a derivative somewhere from Spain, you know, early on. It's because by knowing a person's heritage, you know something about them. You make actual assumptions. So, like, if you know the person's German, you think they're patient and spontaneous and brilliant, right? (laughs) And if you think Norwegian, you probably think stubborn, emotional, great at winter sports, beautiful. (laughs) Give me this eye, okay. Okay. where can I hide? Um, <laughs> the names bind us together in all kinds of ways. Trends and times and geographic and nationality. And they bind us by family, biblically and historically. This is important for knowing your time and your place. and, and your, your, It gives legitimacy in all kinds of things. And, and in the court of law back in history, it gave, if you knew your name, it was important. I got thrown into jail one time, honest to God, <laughs> in Ethiopia. A guy next to me took a picture with a digital camera. They didn't understand digital cameras. They wanted the film. I ended up getting threatened to prison. We got into the county prison. When we got there, they sat there for I don't know how many hours until our guide finally said a name. And he goes, oh, I know that person. And we were free. It's amazing what names can do. They, name, they bind you by family. <clears throat> if you go through the, old, the, the Bible, uh, when, you, when a person first becomes a believer in Jesus, what's really kind of interesting, they want to read through the Bible, and there's what I call two showstoppers in the Bible. Most people, when they begin, they start at Genesis, and they go, oh, this is interesting, really interesting stories. I'm not sure this is the roots of this, this is the beginnings. And then they get to Leviticus. <laughs> and everyone's going, oh... When if they can get by that, and sometimes they do, they can kind of push through that, they get to the next showstopper, which is in Chronicles. Twelve plus chapters of a bunch of names you can't even pronounce at all. And I had people say to me, how do you read this? Because those are all names as you go through Chronicles that are listed, they're so important to those people because of what they meant for them and their place in that culture. I was going through Ancestry.com and I went all the way back to the 1500s of their family. Really fun. You'd probably find it boring if I I laid it all out for you, right? But names are important. They connect us by family. Names create a personal connection. Whether by growing up in the same time together or being connected by nationality or geography or, or being connected even by a last family name, the surname. Names connect. They are important. And knowing one another's names helps establish community your name is important one of the reasons we've asked people to wear name tags through this whole series is because we want to connect people in community because knowing your name is a big deal community is created by personally knowing one another's names there should really be a difference between going to a twins game and coming to church Now, I'm not saying you should know everybody's name here. I struggle with names. It's really difficult. And I struggle with names and faces. And I say, God, you made me a pastor. What was the deal? But you need to know names of people in smaller communities. If this church is going to work at all, if we're going to actually fulfill the vision to serve this community and to touch lives in this West Metro in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we're going to exalt that name, it's going to be because we are a church that gets together in smaller communities where we know one another's name and not only know one another's name, but we know the content behind that name and we're involved in one another's lives in ways... That we help one another grow. This coming year and from now on in this church, that kind of community is going to be essential. If you attend here, we're going to ask you, are you in community? Are you getting to know other people? Are you creating connections at a deeper level than just the recognition of your name? If you find yourself not having people to talk through about important topics, and I I cannot tell you how often this is true. I I can't imagine, you can't even imagine how many pastors don't have this in their life when it comes to things like your marriage, or if you're dating, or you're in a situation and you're parenting, or you're just going through life and there's temptation, or you're struggling with questions about your relationship with God. Are you in a place where you honestly can talk to someone else where you know not just their name, but you know their life and you've let them into your life and you're vulnerable enough to be able to say, you need to have a place and space in my life to help me become like Jesus. We really believe that not only names identify us and we can begin to add a different content to what was in that name, we also really believe that names connect us to one another. And if you're not getting to know the name and also the content of that person behind it where you're integrated in such a way, then I really believe you're living much less than what God intends. They personally connect us to one another, hence the name tags. We're actually going to be putting together a pictorial directory, even electronic. Won't that be great? I I thought I'd hear some people say yay because, come on, are you awake still? And names connect us personally to God. God is all about relationships. He's all about personal relationships. Religion is a good thing if you want to try and do some things and work your way to God or even experience some things that I think are good that religion can do. But that's far short of a name that is personally connected to God. Because we talk about not just being in religion and a religious life. We talk about being in a relationship with a very personal God who loves you and knows you. And he actually, as we heard in this announcement, he sees you sees a Hagar in crisis out in the middle of a desert wondering whether she'll survive I read the accounts of angels and I think it's really interesting here uh, in Luke specifically you get this picture and and the angel shows up and he doesn't just come to like Zechariah and he goes hey you how you doing he doesn't come to Mary and kind of go yo um, I don't know your name and I don't. I don't picture God going. You know, um, Gabe. I would really love for you to go down to that little servant girl. I mean, you look at the scripture and it says, it says Zechariah, don't be afraid. Then he just shows up and says, says Mary, um, please you just settle down. Things are okay. You're in fact, you're in highly favored by God. How, how can you be highly favored if He doesn't know you by name? God knows your name. He knows your name because you're important to him. You matter to him. Your name is known by him. Reporter Raleigh Strauss in the Washington Post quotes a Colorado teacher who blogs using this name, Shakespeare's sister. Listen, I, this, I think, was really powerful. This is, this is happening all around us. Maybe happening to you. This is happening to our little Kids, listen what she writes. She's a school teacher. She says, At the beginning of every school year, I try to learn all of my 11th graders' names, and by the end of the first week together, a thing happens every year. Though when I'm verifying pronunciations, it happens when I'm verifying pronunciations of students. This year, it happened with two male students whose names have two possible pronunciations. And so, when I asked them for the correct pronunciation, they both responded, Whatever's fine. When it happens, as it does every year, I look up from my roster and I make eye contact and I say, No, it's not. It's your name. Tell me how you say it. My students live in poverty and are underdeserved, underrepresented, disenfranchised, but they do have their names. And having spent my entire teaching career working to educate and empower students who refer to themselves as ghetto beaners, hood rats, or wetbacks, I was struck by how quickly and easily they dismissed their names as unimportant. But I want my students to realize that there are many people who see them and value them for who they are. I want them to know that people respect them, their culture, and their individuality. I want them to know that their teachers see them for their cultures, for their abilities, for their strengths and weaknesses, for their contributions. And most importantly, I want my students to know that I respect them for the whole person they are, including their beautiful names that are sometimes difficult to pronounce. I got, man, that's powerful. How powerful it is to see someone and to say their name and how more powerful it is that the God of the universe who created the stars, placed them in the sky knows every star by its name knows your name he knows your name has no trouble pronouncing it he sees you you are important to him. He sees your failures and your sins. He sees your strengths and your weaknesses. He sees your abilities and your gifts. He knows your hearts. And he still loves you. The prophet who was sent by God, Yahweh, to the Israelites, reminds them of who he is and, and, and who they are. Isaiah chapter 43, 1, he says, But now the Lord who created you, this could be for every person here, Don't be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You're mine. Stop believing the lie. Names empower us. Not only do they identify us and connect us, but they also give us a degree of authority and power over others. Anybody recognize this symbol? That uh, Can you put that on us? Yeah. Anybody um, want, care to try and just pronounce it quickly? You see the other one that you, you can see when he would hold his symbol? You, you, why did Prince change his name to a symbol? Anybody know? I know some of you know There's a couple of different stories But according to Wired Magazine Prince Rogers Nelson in 1993 Changed his name to a glyph Okay, that's what that was It's a glyph Not a guitar Well, it's a guitar too Anyway It defied phonetics It defied his label Warner Brothers Which had been trying to slow his creative output To suit the schedule of its marketing department They were trying to control his output the symbol made trouble for Warner Brothers executives who couldn't say or even type their star's new name. Nobody else could either, which is why the outlets received floppy disks containing a font download of the glyph. Basically, Prince was fed up with his label Warner Brothers and unable to get out of his contract, changed his name to an unpronounced symbol, largely to mess with him, and journalists started to call him by what? The artist formerly known as Prince. And in the year 2000, guess what? He went back to the name Prince when his Warner Brothers contract expired, which makes me understand why he wrote the song "When a party like 1999. Warner Brothers was done, he got his name back, and he's in a new century. And Rolling Stones named it the fourth boldest uh, uh, move in rock history because as a result of it, it slowed down his own sales significantly. Bottom line, here's what. Prince was making a statement in this. You can't and won't control me. I'm taking back my name. You're not going to get a name. Because names have power. Names empower us. Knowing a name can free you. Did you know that? Consider the freedom that comes in naming a fear that you have or or the cause of shame that you want to hide because of it or the root of anger that is choking your life and the life of others and you you come to a place and and when you can own your fears and you can name them and you can say them out loud and you loosen in the sense when you do this the controlling grip because you become aware of what it is that's been driving you i had a person that i knew in one of my former churches who had come down with an illness and for years they couldn't find out what it was it was in the 80s and eventually they they did they found it they put a label on it they got a name that 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 was helpful, and that name was just simply one that um, has become a label for many. Lyme's disease. Sometimes, when you name a sin, it can set you free. One, if you are humble enough to understand and say, "I am a sinner." it can actually, just by owning it and claiming it and then calling upon Jesus to save you, can make you a saint. It can actually help you understand your heart and the new heart you need. Because names have power. They can free you. Names empower us because knowing a name can actually command attention. That's what kind of that whole symbol was about, and and when someone knows your name, you can give them a measure of control. Think about it. Ever um, are you ever reticent to give someone your email address? Because if they have your email address, they have a what a measure of power. How many throw your social security around, you know, number around just to anybody? That's the government's name for you because it has power. When you know a person's name, you can give a measure of authority. Instead of saying, hey you, I can say, hey Andrew. Now no one knows who I'm talking to, but Andrew does. I, I, can, I can look around, I can say, hey you, or I could give any name out and it'd probably catch your attention, right? I love the story of Jesus. He's walking through Jericho. He's on his way. He's approaching Jericho. And as he's approaching Jericho, Luke, this physician, who was a guy, his name means a lot too. It was Levi. Um, uh, Luke is telling the story about a guy named Matthew who was once Levi, who was hated by all his people around him because he was just this guy who wanted money, would cheat people out of money. He was a no good. And here is Levi. Um, it, It tells this whole story. Luke is talking about this. Here he goes, as Jesus approached Jericho, there was a blind man sitting by the roadside, begging and when he heard the crowd going by he asked what's happening and, and uh, they see Jesus and is passing by and he called out Jesus son of David have mercy on me and he's calling it out and those who are walking by rebuked him and said shut up be quiet and he yells it out again and here's the power of a name he yells it again and it says in verse 40 Jesus stopped what do you want to do? me to do for you? And he said, I want to see. And he says, receive your sight. Here's what's so amazing about God. He, is, I just want, this is, I think, so cool. He gives us a name by which we can call to him. No matter how busy, noisy, or crowded it may be in heaven, there is a name that turns his head, and it's the name Jesus. You ever thought of that? So I can call out a name and get someone's attention. You ever thought about that? That God in deep love said, I'm going to give you a name that anytime you're in any place where you need help and you need wisdom and you need my presence, there is a name that you can call out and that name has power and that name is Jesus. Use this name wherever you want me or need me or would like to speak to me. And here's the cool thing about this too. If we confess that name now here on earth, Revelation 3.5 tells us that Jesus will confess our name for eternity every person who acknowledges and trusts in him he says I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels and I think how incredibly cool is that I'm going to get to heaven someday Jesus is going to say hey Michael Gabriel I want you to meet Kevin I want you to meet Mary I want you to meet Joe I want you to meet Bob whatever your name is if you confess his name on Earth, he will confess your name in heaven. not only that, write it in a book, on a book that will always keep it sealed for eternity. I'm going to ask you to stand, I'm going to ask the team to come forward. We're going to sing again about this powerful name. And as you do that, I really would love for you to also, if, if you want to I don't know, some you can you know, can kind of multitask. But some of you may need just to stop and sing and some of you may need to stop and just think and say, God, you spoke to me in this area. Right now, I'm calling you Jesus. I, I know that you can change what I'm identified with when I begin to walk with you as my leader. I know you can kind of fill up the content of my character with something that's missing. I know that there are people that you have waiting that you want me to connect with so that my name is not just a name like going to a twins game but it's a name when I come in here I can see some people I know these people I know not just their name I know their life and they love me and I give you my name Jesus here's my name I ask you to become aware of who I am because I know you know who I am but here it is I'm telling you you can have my name I want your name in my life and I want to be with you forever and if you've never done that before all you do is just open your heart and say Jesus come into my life, forgive me of my sin I want to walk with you I want your name on me I want to be called now forgiven I want to be called one who is free I want to be one who is bold one who knows the power of your love and can begin to give that love to others